0: Welcome to This Week in the Lectionary, a podcast we're looking at, listening to, and lingering in the weekly scriptures found in the Revised Common Lectionary. Faith comes from hearing, so let us together hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. This week is Transfiguration Sunday. It is the end of the season of Epiphany, where we were celebrating and looking at the appearances and manifestations of Jesus Christ to the world. Jesus' transfiguration celebrates the glorious revelation of God in Jesus Christ and Christ's manifestation as the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. This Sunday stands as a bridge between Epiphany and the beginning of our season of Lent. We begin with prayer. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain. Grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The first reading comes from Exodus 24. In the two previous chapters, Moses has ascended Mount Sinai to receive the law verbally from God, both the Ten Commandments and the case law. Moses has told them to the people, they have agreed to their side of the covenant. God's side is to be their God and to protect them. Moses has then written down all God has told him. The pact, the union between God and the people, has been ratified in blood, the blood of the covenant. Blood has been dashed against the altar, symbolizing God, sprinkled on the people. Now God offers to put all the laws in permanent form on tablets of stone. So important is Moses' ascent of the mountain that it's mentioned four times in six verses. Moses leaves the elders in charge and commissions Aaron and Hur to administer justice in his absence. God's glory is an envelope of light, a bright cloud, veiling his being the people can see the cloud, but not God. Unlike the light from the burning bush, this appearance of God is frightening like a devouring fire. Moses prepares to meet God for some time. Forty days and forty nights is reminiscent of the flood, of the time the Israelites scouted out Canaan's defenses before entering the promised land, and of Elijah's later experience on the same mountain. It is a considerable length of time. Exodus 24 beginning in verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. The psalm is Psalm 2. The psalm was probably written for the coronation of a king of Judah. Vassal kings and their peoples plot rebellion. Perhaps the new king will be weak. Political rebellion against the Lord's representative is tantamount to revolt against God himself. In verses 4 through 6, we have God's reaction from heaven. He has chosen his king and established him in his dwelling place on earth, Zion, Jerusalem. The new king recites his formula of adoption as God's son. He then warns other kings to submit or face the consequences. In verse 2, anointed is Messiah in the Hebrew, a title of an Israelite king. After the demise of the monarchy, it became the name of the ideal future king who would restore Israel to glory. In Acts, Peter, John, and others apply this title to Jesus, and Paul speaks of the risen Christ as God's son. Psalm 2. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why do the peoples mutter empty threats? Why do the kings of the earth rise up in revolt, and the princes plot together against the Lord and against his anointed? Let us break their yoke, they say. Let us cast off their bonds from us. He whose throne is in heaven is laughing. The Lord has them in derision. Then he speaks to them in his wrath, and his rage fills them with terror. I myself have set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. Let me announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall crush them with an iron rod and shatter them like a piece of pottery. And now you kings be wise, be warned you rulers of the earth, submit to the Lord with fear and with trembling bow before him, lest he be angry and you perish, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are they all who take refuge in him. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The second reading comes from Second Peter, the first chapter. This letter is written as Peter's last testament as he approaches death. Instructions he leaves to remind his readers of how to remember to be faithful. He writes that God, ultimate goodness, who called us, has given us everything we need for eternal life. Now he speaks of the Transfiguration. While others, false teachers, have used cleverly devised myths, the author was an eyewitness to the event, one which showed the power of God and was a preview of Christ's second coming. At that time, Jesus received honor and glory from God the Father when the heavenly voice identified him as my Son and my Beloved. Old Testament prophets foretold the coming of the Messiah at the end time. The Transfiguration more fully confirms this. Dear readers, hold to, be attentive to, this hope in these times of corruption and false teachers until the second coming and Christ the morning star assumes sovereignty. Peter makes two more points. Scripture should be interpreted in the community, not on one's own, and true prophets in every age are empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak for God. They do not prophesy of their own volition. 2 Peter 1, beginning in verse 16. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we have been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this. The no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word of the Lord. The gospel comes from Matthew 17. Jesus has told his disciples that the Son of Man is to come in the glory of his Father. There are some standing here that will not taste death before they see him coming in his kingdom. Now he and the inner circle of disciples ascend a mountain. Jesus is transfigured, given an unearthly appearance. An aura of unnatural brightness is linked with mystical appearances in Exodus and Acts. Dazzling white is a symbol of transcendence. In Jewish tradition, both Moses and Elijah were taken into heaven without dying. Here Moses represents the law and Elijah the prophets. Both are associated with Mount Sinai. Peter recognizes Jesus as Lord, both earthly and heavenly sovereign. In his suggestion of making dwellings, he thinks of Sinai, for dwellings or booths were erected on the Feast of Tabernacles, commemorating the events there and a time when the city was brightly lit. On Sinai, too, a bright cloud symbolized God's presence. The words spoken by the voice recall Jesus' baptism and add, Listen to him. Jesus is not only God's son and his chosen but also the prophet God promised to Moses. Early Christians knew the book of Daniel well. Verses 6-7 through would tell them that this vision is linked to the end times. In Daniel 8, mortal is son of man in the Hebrew. Moses and Elijah vanish into insignificance, leaving Jesus alone. The church fathers saw the transfiguration as fulfilling Jesus' prediction that some would not die until they had seen the coming of God's kingdom. Others saw the event as a prophecy of the second coming. Matthew 17, beginning with the first verse. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Word of the Lord. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on This Week in the Lectionary. I'm curious as to what you noticed or wonder about this week's scriptures. We'd love for you to join us in our discussion group. And if you know anyone else, who could benefit from or might be a benefit to this community, feel free to share with them. May his words be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path in the coming week.